The Premier League, the Premier Podcast. everybody and welcome to episode three of our premier podcast mr johnny seven uh, and i'm mr mark mack yeah and uh, we're just gonna have a little bit of a rundown of premier league news and results of the week or the big stories coming out of the premier league and i think the only place that we can start there was a massive massive massive, massive game. game at the at the weekend and, and it lived up to its billing as well it did you can't you can't overlook it can you the uh the stunning nil-nil draw between Aston Villa, Aston and, Villa Newcastle. and Newcastle. Game of the week, undoubtedly. Um, it'll just go down in history as one of the finest games um, ever on any kind of uh, format. It was shown on BT Sport, wasn't it? Well, when, when you're seeing, you know, greats of the game like Alan Hutton, uh, you know, and uh, Colaccini gracing the pitch, you, you know you're going to be in for the thriller. You know it. Yeah. If you, no doubt, if you haven't guessed by now that we are completely taking the piss, then uh, I think you tuned into the wrong station, folks. Um, you're on uh, the YNFA app or SoundCloud or YNFA.net joining us for the Premier Podcast. We're taking the piss. It was shite. It was the, the most drab game anyone could... Uh, I mean, it wasn't an advert for the Premiership, let's face it, was it? No, it certainly wasn't. And I think after week one... I uh, gave a bit of praise to some of Newcastle's new signings and, and uh, singled out uh, Cabela or Sabella, however you pronounce it. Uh, after watching them against Aston Villa, the lad looked. The lad was like a complete opposite to what he was in the first game. He was woeful. He's clearly got a bit of skill, but he's like he's a headless chicken. Yeah, he's, he is. He is, to be honest. Um, but really, I mean, we talk about the biggest games of the week. Uh, I suppose there's only one place where we can really start. As Evertonians, we like to start at Goodison, but I suppose the real biggest game of the week was uh, that shower against uh, Man City. It was. Uh, we're coming back to, to Monday night, uh, and it was uh, Man City at home at the Etihad uh, hosting Liverpool. So it was uh, obviously last season's champions against last year's slip-ups. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure did they. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, Sky were wetting themselves over this game. It was the the first real gala- grand slam game they were calling it. Yeah, I mean, some outlets did mention Everton uh, versus Arsenal being kind of, you know, Champions League contenders going at it. But I suppose this was the real out-and-out challenges versus challenges, wasn't it? Let's face it. It was the grand, the first Grand Slam game. Yeah. It's like the Wimbledon of Premiership fixtures, it was. So, uh, in reality, it was a bit of a, of a washout for, you know, competition-wise, because City just rolled them over. Yeah, it was a funnier game, because, you know, watching it, after I sat down and I was reflecting on it afterwards, and I thought, you know what? City didn't play particularly well there, and yet they steamrolled over a very poor Liverpool. Did they have to? That's the thing. Well, they didn't, no. I mean, Liverpool didn't really, you know, bring anything, uh, bring any challenge to City in the game whatsoever. Uh, they gave a debut to the new Spanish full-back at left-back, uh, Moreno, who, who was probably at fault for all three goals they conceded. 
you know, Joe Allen started in, in midfield and, and, and looked very Joe Allen-like. Uh, and, you know, their big hope for this season, Coutinho, uh, was hauled off again after after an hour because he just did, didn't live up to that billing. I, suppose, I mean, just to, to some positives they could possibly take is Sturrid still look lively, skillful, put a few decent balls in, a few decent efforts. Yeah, Lovren looks a bit of an improvement for them at centre-half to, to what they've had previously, um, you know, but... They also racked up a couple of injuries in the game. It looks like the new lads, Moreno, is probably going to be injured now for a little while. And Glenn Johnson also is pulled up towards the end of the game. Well, that could be a blessing for them, to be honest. Well, yeah. He's the best player back in the country, though, isn't he? In the world, isn't he? Apparently so. Um, um, we, we don't want to sound bitter about it anyway, do we? But we are. <laughs> yeah. um, so, but, you know, looking at the, at the, at the winners of the game, uh, Man City, uh, you know, very strong City team out on show. Um, probably one of the areas you, you'd look at the team and say they haven't got the strongest lineup with you know with Aguero still coming back to fitness and, and Negredo being injured was up front, um, with with Jekyll and, and Jovetic and uh, Jovetic looks is looking the real deal now, isn't he? Yeah, I mean he came in and he did all right, didn't he last season? But didn't really establish himself as you know one of the top strikers in the league, and he's doing that already this season. Uh, you know, to get two in a game of this magnitude, I suppose, is is uh, really made a statement from him. Aguero coming on and scoring off the bench again, first, pretty much first touch. Yeah, so it's. Uh, I mean that 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 ball. I mean, you know that some of the breakaway play from City is just it's just mind blowing, isn't it? You know, you've got little flicks, you've got knockdowns from Jeco, flicks from Jeco for the big man as well. Um, you know, it's. They're a real, real danger, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, but much like you know what, what I said after the first City game, uh, they still got quite a few players there who don't appear to have hit the stride. Torre still doesn't seem to be in in, in full form. Uh, I thought Nasty was was fairly quiet the other night, uh, and then you've got the likes of Aguero to come back in. You've got uh, Mangala, the new thirty-two million pound man, to to play at the back. Uh, so yeah, uh, you know things are looking fairly ominous for City at the moment. Yeah. Uh, another team who basically hit the ground running as far as a title challenge is uh, concerned is Chelsea. I mean, I suppose they haven't been, they haven't, they blew Burnley away in the first game over like, you know, a short a short spell where they got a number of goals. Um, but, you know, two two out of two. And, you know, the, the game against uh, Leicester at the weekend, Leicester were valiant. But, you know, Chelsea ended up running out 2-0 winners and cost it again. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the fixtures computer's been fairly uh, easy on Chelsea, hasn't it? Given them two promoted sides for the first two games of the season. Uh, away to Burnley, then home to Leicester. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Abramovich's millions. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, they've got a, a real test this weekend, haven't they? Away at Goodison Park, which is, is, is never an easy place to go to. Uh, obviously, Chelsea... Lost there last season, uh, up at Everton. So um, it'll be an interesting one. But as you say, yeah, Costa seems to have hit the ground running after this move from La Liga. Um, you don't always find that, do you? I mean, you have a look at some of the strikers, like to say Soldado, who came over to to, to Spurs and, and and never really found his form again. But uh, Costa's just doesn't look like he, he he's missed a beat really. Yeah, I mean, he's just he he's look, looks like he's willing to muck in uh, defensively. Uh, and then it, it, any sniff of a chance around the box, he'll put it away. 
I think he was always going to fit in well at Chelsea after I read that story about him trying to bed his girlfriend's sister. Because oh, right, okay. that's got John Terry wrote all over it. That hasn't he? That would be besties them two. Him and Johnny, John Terry comparing notes about uh, <laughs> related conquests. Well, not in an incestual way. Anyway, we, yeah, best not go there. Um, two other teams who uh, are on six points. Uh, Swansea. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. Swansea, yeah. I know. Surprise package, Swansea and um, Spurs, who uh, you know got, got a late winner through Eric Dyer. Apparently, we've been calling him Eric Dyer. Yeah, centre back scores again, uh, but you know it was an all round good performance from Spurs at the weekend. Um, the blue blue QPR QPR looked hopeless, didn't he? Four 0 They do. I think at the minute QPR are struggling to adapt to this three five two. Uh, you know three five. One formation, two, one, what, yeah, three, five, two, two isn't it? Yeah, uh, I'm getting confused. I've had this is the second podcast we've recorded today, and it's been very formation orientated. So, uh, yeah, they're struggling at the moment, I think, to adapt to that. Uh, looked a bit cheeky at the back, and obviously, Tottenham ran out 4 0 winners, uh, a couple of goals there for, for Chadley. So, it looks like some of those Tottenham signings from last season are starting to, to, to find their feet, the likes of Lamella. Chadley, so maybe there's hope yet for Soldado. Second mention to the, on this week's podcast. Yeah, uh, so other results from around the place. I mean, Hull won all against Stoke, and that, you know, they were so unfortunate, weren't they? Got Yelovic goal when they were down to 10 men, and then the, uh, the, the equaliser they conceded through Shawcross. Um, you know, this never that was never, never a throw in, and I suppose you still had time to defend these situations, but. You've just got, you've got to rely on a referee and those things. Anyway, this Bojan revolution hasn't really kicked in yet at Stoke, has it? You know, it was that one little through ball that he played, wasn't it? It was just like a little five aside kind of dink ball, and it was seeing little touches of flair like that from players like that is amazing. But will it be enough for you know a gritty side like Stoke? Will, will you know effectively a player? It's like it's like a um, luxury player, isn't it? Can you afford to have one of them at a club like Stoke? Well, they're gonna they're playing them at the moment, so it'll be interesting. Well, he was on the bench. See. He was on the bench at the weekends, and he came on, didn't he? So, um, if, if little flashes of brilliance like that, I suppose, look good in highlight reels. But uh, I'm, I'm glad we don't have to watch them for 90 minutes. I'm sorry, Stoke fans, if you're listening. Um, um, the rot continues for for LVG. Yeah, so they they managed a, a one-all draw. Against Man U. It's been a bad week for them so far, isn't it? Obviously, they then went out in the League Cup uh, last night and, and got absolutely trounced by uh, the mighty MK Dons. Um, but going back to the weekend, uh, you know, on Sunday, uh, away to Sunderland, and uh, again, it, it just seemed very, very broken and, and, and poor, really, from Manchester United. You just don't look like a team at the moment. No, and you know, is is it the Moyes effect, or is the fact that they've just got a lot of very average players? You say they've got a lot of very average players, but they still had the front three last week of, of Mata, Van Persie, and Rooney. I mean, you do expect players like that to be able to to do something. Um, you need but, to be able to defend, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought Man United were, were fairly lucky to get to come away with a, a point and all. Honestly, you know, Larson had a couple of chances from set pieces towards the end of the game. Uh, and yeah, we'll talk about them a little bit more in in the in the, like a little bit of a news roundup. Um, but you know, I mean, not a great start, was it for Louis? 
No, it's not. Uh, and he should jib, should just jib. Seems this. to be losing the plot a little bit already in press conferences, doesn't he? He doesn't really. He seems to be very reactive. I think. Uh, whereas at the moment, I think he should just be giving off this sort of order of, of calm and, and, and dismissing any of the criticisms that are coming towards him. And but instead, he, he seems to be biting already. It's going to be an interesting one to watch that. Yeah. So I mean, one one close to our hearts, of course, is uh, Everton versus hosting Arsenal the weekend and you can look at this two ways from an Evertonian's point of view we threw it away threw away a two goal lead with uh, eight minutes left from an Arsenal point of view they managed to salvage a point and heroically fight back and get a two all draw yeah I mean and from a neutral's point of view I think it was just a very entertaining game uh, you know uh, a good game for Sky to show probably the most entertaining game of, of the lot across uh, competitive the weekend yeah yeah, yeah it was, you know is it a very good game with some nice football on show. Uh, a game of two halves, you would say, you know, with Everton sort of controlling the first half and having uh, the better chances. Uh, Kevin Morales probably could have scored and done better on a, a, when he was laid through with a one on one in Schlesny. Uh, and then obviously two goals from uh, Seamus Coleman and Stephen Naismith, who have, you know, Seamus Coleman seems to have continued his goal-scoring form from last season. Yeah, I thought he might have been found out a little bit. Um, but I think his answer to it is get even further up the pitch and yeah. get some goals. So, um, uh, And anyone who plays uh, fantasy football on the Premier League official site will probably be a little bit surprised at the moment to see that the top-scoring striker on the game is at £5.1 million and Stevie Naismith. And he's only 5.1 because he's had a good start. He actually started off at £5 million, didn't he? And so, he did, yeah. So, so nice start for Stephen Naismith there and nice start for Evan in, in the game. Yeah, uh, and then obviously as, as the game progressed on, uh, Everton appeared to get rather tired. Maybe the fitness isn't up to scratch. Uh, a couple of changes, Lukaku went off uh, and... Giroud came on for the Gunners. Giroud come on uh, for Sanchez. You know, we are, it's a funny one, isn't it? The way that Arsenal lined up without a recognised striker to begin the game. It was it was Sanchez I, up front. Yeah, I think they would have went probably with Sonogo up front had he been fit, but obviously he, he wasn't, so they had to go. And you know, maybe Podolski could have played that role if he wasn't going elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but they ended up going with Sanchez up there, and he didn't really get a sniff. So they made the change, Drew came on, made somewhat of an immediate impact, as in there was somebody in the box for them to aim at, and uh, it proved uh, like a you know, a smart move, shrewd move by uh, Arson. It did. Uh, Everton managed to keep the clean sheet up until about the 82nd minute, uh, when after a, a bit of play down the left-hand side, the, the ball got knocked across. Uh, and upstepped none other than Aaron Ramsey. Another uh, fantasy football favourite. Yeah, another one uh, for a little toe poke in from two yards out. Um, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Seamus Coleman continuing his goal scoring form from last season. Aaron Ramsey, you know, I, I don't know what happened to the lad at the start of last season. He just suddenly became a worldie. Uh, he's a world class player. His touch, his passing, his finishing. Uh, just the, and the way he, he, he you know holds himself, his demeanour, and everything, he just looks like a proper, proper footballer, doesn't he? Like he's like you know, and, and he's he's stepped up into like you know being this you know talisman for Arsenal. You know, they've got all these other attacking midfielders, and you know he's more of a homegrown, not not homegrown at Arsenal, but you know, it came up through uh, 
through Cardiff, didn't he? And then he's, I don't know, he, he just seems to be head and shoulders above all, all the other ones, like Cazorla and Sanchez and Ozil. This little lad from Wales is up there. Yeah, um, so, yeah, and then we're uh, only a minute or two to go. Uh, the, the capitulation from uh, the Toffees continued, and again, a ball was put in from, from the left-hand side across. It uh, probably should have been dealt with a lot better by the Everton centre-half, Jagielka and Distan. Uh, however, Giroud nipped in uh, and got his head on it, and it, and it was 2 all. Uh, you know, Arsenal then suffered a, a blow towards the end of the game back with Giroud going down uh, from what seemed like pretty much nothing. He just seemed to land a little bit awkwardly or, or got his foot caught in the turf, uh, and it turns out that he, he, he's broken his ankle and could be out until... Christmas time, so uh, Arsenal stealing a point uh, right to the death. Yeah, and I suppose for both sides, if you had said that the the game would finish as a draw, I think both sides probably, probably at a push would have said okay. Yeah. At before the game, but obviously Evertonians absolutely for you know up to the eighty second minute, you know we're we're a little bit, you know hurt by the results. Yeah, so after two games, we've got you know Chelsea six points, Tottenham six points, Swansea six points, Aston Villa yet to concede a goal. Yeah, yeah. So you know, an interesting start to the uh, to the to the league, and uh, it's only going to get better as the weeks go on. Uh, obviously, there's still a week until uh, transfer deadline day, uh, and still there's been quite a bit of a movement in the Premiership this week. I suppose, I mean, there's been, you know, the three big ones that, you know, that we're going to cover. Uh, one, you just can't, couldn't get away from this news. Uh, Mario Balotelli makes his return to the Premiership. Super Mario, the footballer that is allergic to grass. Yeah, what a, what a strange move. Well, is it a strange move? I don't I mean, know. I, you know, there's two ways of looking at this, isn't there? There's the... The glass half empty look at where you think, you know, Liverpool have just got rid of somebody who is a massive amount of trouble for them, and in Luis Suarez, uh, and they've gone and bought a player who could be even more trouble for them. Basically, um, this is the lad who throws darts at players, who drives round, uh, you know, allegedly in his Maserati, throwing money out the car, and 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 does all sorts of bizarre uh, things. Um, but then on the other hand, you know, they've just bought Italy's number nine, aged 24 or 25, for £16 million. Is he that good? For all the trouble, you know, he scores some good goals and he's done a few good things. Is he that good, though? I don't think you play for Inter Milan, Man City, AC Milan and then Liverpool if you're not that good. But... Could that be a profile thing? No, I, I think that I think the boys clearly got talent. It's just whether oh, that no, talent I'm not can be harnessed. That. It's I'm whether they just... can be harnessed, isn't yeah. it? I mean, you know, do you think Liverpool did a good job at harnessing Suarez? Now, your instant reaction would probably be, well, no, because of all the idiotic things he done. But then, if you look at the flip side, you know, the amount of goals they got out of him, the amount of profit he made on him. Um, you'd say that they, they, they did do a good job from a business standpoint. So, uh, can they do the same with Balotelli? That, that, that's going to be the million-dollar question. The thing 
I the puzzles me a little bit is I just don't see how he fits into their style of play. Liverpool like to play very much a high pressure, high intensity, close people down as quick as possible style. Uh, that really doesn't strike me as Balotelli's game. No, I mean this is probably you know they've been waiting to make this replacement for Suarez to make sign this replacement for Suarez. They've signed a number of players like you know Lalana could probably be considered a marquee signing. They got Markovic in, we talked about, uh, you know, and they got Ricky Lambert in. Ricky Lambert, just in the very nature of his position, was probably the closest to a replacement for Suarez. And now you say Balotelli is possibly that replacement. I mean, is he? Can he provide what they are missing now Suarez is gone? See, what I don't really understand from a Liverpool point of view is, you know, Liverpool did so well last year with... You know, a settled team. You know, I think you have a look and it was pretty much the same 12 or 13 players throughout the season. Uh, obviously, pushing them on to, to, to fighting for the, you know, being within a breath of, of winning the league, basically. Uh, you look now where you would expect them to go with Sterling, Sturridge and Balotelli as the front three. You would then expect Henderson and Gerrard to be sat in behind them. So... That leaves one position for uh, Lalana, Markovic, Coutinho, Joe Allen. You know this Emre Khan who they bought. You know they've got. I just don't see how they're going to utilise the players. And when you're talking about Lalana and Markovic, they both cost over twenty million pounds. Are you really going to leave them on the bench? Well, no. I uh, I don't know how it's going to work out. We're going to end up playing one of them deep, and you're playing out of position. So. It's, it's, it is a tricky one, but, the, you know, he could rotate and just keep on rotating. It'll and be, then you've got your own problem, haven't you? You've got your other problems there. The other big move of the week, I mean, the other massive move, I mean, it was, there was another big move, which we'll talk, we'll talk about in a sec, but the massive move, I, spoke, I suppose, is, uh, is kind of being hurried on by the start man you have had that we talked about before. Um, they finally made this, you know, this sign and that is meant to show that they mean business and it went through uh, on Monday and then a Tuesday they just as you said before got hammered by MK Dons I thought this signing was meant to start the buzz around the club and get them back on the right track you know we're talking about uh, Di Maria coming in from Real Madrid for 59.7 million it's a lot of money for him isn't it you know it's funny, isn't it, the way Real Madrid have done the business the last couple of years? Obviously, you know, like last season they, they made a massive sign in, in Gareth Bale, but recouped a lot of that money by giving Ozil to Arsenal, who, who, who you would think possibly overpaid slightly for Ozil. Real Madrid have gone out this season, obviously, bought James Rodriguez for, you know, 60-odd million, 65 million, whatever it was, uh, and then recouped virtually all of it by selling... Di Maria now to Man United at an overinflated price, so uh, it's, it's bizarre, isn't it? You know, I think Di Maria is a good player, but again, I don't really see is he what they need. I mean, you know, is, is that does he not play in the same position as Mata, for instance? Uh, well, I mean, he's he's going to add something to them going forward, but that's not where their issue is at the moment, is it? I mean, they're just very very poor defensively, and I I just can't get over. How bad the you know on on paper and in actuality that back four is. 
when you look at Man United over the years, when they've had, you know, even going back as far as like Bruce and Palace there, and you know, you're looking at it, you know, Vidic and Ferdinand, and you know, probably missing out a partnership in, in before in, in between them. But you know, that's that's the foundation for the team. Probably Yap Stam. Oh yeah, of course Yap Stam and David May. Anyway, yeah, I mean, well, you know, it surprises me. I mean, you look at that game against MK Dons last night, and Johnny Evans was coming back from injury and started that game and had an absolute nightmare. Potentially on paper, he's their best centre half. Yeah, I mean, Smalling came in for big money. Jones came in for big money, and he just haven't. They haven't done it. They haven't commanded that that position, uh, and that's what they need. They need to go. And, I mean, they might go and do it as well. You know, not, it's not like the short of money, sixty million. Maybe they'll go and go out and they'll. Well, be... obviously they brought they brought uh, in now, haven't they? From uh, from La Liga, the, the Argentinian player who's obviously going to play at the back. So uh, they have brought one player in who you would think would would come straight. I think they need in. three. Well, yeah, look who no, left, look who left, Evra and, Evra left, Butner left and Vidis left, not that, I'm not saying Butner and Ferdinand. was, and Ferdinand left, so you know, that that's potentially a back four if you're playing, you know. Yeah, no it is, you're, you're right. And, and, and it's not even to... just a back four, a potential first choice back three out of those, you know, and then, you know, what do you, how do you, how do you go out and replace that? The answer is he didn't. He went. He put Jones in, Smalling in, and put Blackett in. Yeah. Well, here's a question for you. Out of the, th- uh, which was the best transfer of this week? Was it Mario Balotelli at sixteen million pounds? Was it Angel Di Maria at sixty million pounds? Or was it Samuel Eto'o to Everton for free? Well, potentially, I mean, talk about potential for free. And, you know, the, the talk was that he was going to ask for uh, mega bucks. And I think in actuality, the deal is a two year deal on 55,000 a week, which is when you look at the likes of what Ro- Wayne Rooney is in and what 300 grand a week or whatever, it's buttons, isn't it? You know, we talked, you know, we, we can say about like, on our, you know, as Evertonians, we had Johnny Heitinger for about five years on that much and he played about five games in the last two of those years so he was sat on the bench getting the same as what Etu uh, will be getting and I know which one I'd rather have out, out of the three players we mentioned there only one of those three can probably really claim to be truly world class yeah I, I mean and, and you know established as world class for a number of years Di Maria could you know he could go on and say but he's, he's not He's not an outstanding talent, is he? You know, at Real Madrid. Well, he's overshadowed by other players, and he has been, hasn't he? I mean, you. you, you but look if at... he was good enough, he would have overshadowed them. Of course, yeah. If he was, you know, if he was truly world class, uh, that might change. Obviously, when he, you know, he becomes the main man at United. But but we wait to see. So so yeah. So obviously, Everton uh, bizarrely have signed uh, Samuel Eto'o, which uh, you know. The fans listening to this of clubs like Arsenal or Chelsea or Man United, you're, you're used to signing players of probably of this stature. Uh, when you're an Evertonian, you don't quite usually sign players of this manner. No, the, the Lukaku one shocked us because it was a 28, mil, 28 million, it's unheard of for Everton. You know, that shocked us. But this one, in a different way, has shocked us even more. Yeah, because it's like, you know, we thought we were going to be priced out of the wage, uh, out of his wages, and. Apparently, he wanted to come to us. 
<laughs> you know, not just that he was at one point he was probably the best player in the world he's Samuel Eto'o well he was he was, you know, was Ballon d'Or winner wasn't he so and you know three times Champions League winner um, not, he's played for Barcelona Real Madrid albeit like you know when he started out his career um, and um, Inter Milan and now he was at Chelsea last season you know that's for over the past over our recent you know recent history that's potentially four of the biggest clubs in recent history. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it gives us hope, doesn't it, that in six or seven years' time we'll sign Messi on the free. <laughs> yeah. It does, doesn't it? We could have that, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you know, other news in the Premiership, uh, some breaking news, in fact, is that Crystal Palace have uh, actually replaced Tony Pulis and signed a manager, and it's come a little bit as a surprise, really. I, was, I think I was shocked when I actually saw the news report before. Um, Malky Mackay, obviously... Decided to knock himself out of the, the race by, you know, sending ridiculous texts, um, and uh, you know they've gone for a manager who's very politically correct. No, they haven't, have they? He's a character, and a lot of people can't stand him. Um, when you're just about to play against them, or just after you played against them, you probably can't stand him as well. Uh, talking about Neil Warnock, uh, yeah, but he's a character. Returning to Crystal Palace, second yeah. stint. Yeah, so, and he, you know, he's got experience keeping clubs in the prem. Um, he's also got experience of not keeping clubs in the prem. Yeah, you'd have to think if he wasn't good enough for them the first time, what suddenly made him good enough the second time? Really, uh, I was quite surprised that he never went for Neil Lennon. I wonder what what the, what the deal was. I, just, there, I don't maybe. think he fancied it, Neil Lennon. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I can't he, see him getting offered many bigger jobs than that. But, but there you go. No, so you know that's breaking news. We're recording on the Wednesday afternoon. That's just happened. Um, just to go and have a look at the upcoming games. If you've not got any more club news to talk about, no, no, I think that's pretty much the the, the big stories of the week. I suppose. I mean, upcoming fixtures. Ones to look out for. We'll just have a little bit of a look at these four: uh, Burnley versus Man U, Everton versus Chelsea, Spurs versus Liverpool, and Leicester versus Arsenal. Um, so, Burnley versus Man U, starting off with. Burnley haven't got a point on the table. Man U barely have a point on the table. It's an interesting one, that, isn't it? It's, got, it's, a, it's a little bit of a derby, you might say. Um, you know, I think the, the atmosphere of Turf Moor is going to be through the roof, isn't it, for that game? Uh, I, I couldn't honestly make a prediction of that game at the minute. You know, everything about it says to me, yeah, Man United, Di Maria will probably make his debut. But I, I just you just can't. I don't know. I, well, I pick I think Man U to give them a game. Pick Man U to finish top four, and I, 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 I mean, I can't see them being this bad all season. Can you? They can't, surely. They've just got absolute. I know with the, you know it was nowhere near a full first team. They've just got turned over by MK Dons, though. I mean, yeah, I it's a hard one to predict. You know. My head says Man United should win. I think they're going to come good. I think they will do. Yeah. Uh, I think De Maria, you know, what, whether, whether he's going to fit in into their style of play or whatever, will he play him as that like wing back? That you know, it's not really his position, is it? But, it you know, is it Ashley Young's position? I, well, I think the likes of Young and Valencia have both played a fullback in the past, haven't they? At times when they, when they needed to cover and so Valencia more so, yeah. They can Young. they can play there so. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the way United set up now. But you know, as we said, 
I must have a, have a, have a sneaking suspicion United are going to win because I changed Wayne Rooney to my captain today for the well, yeah. League going into the weekend. So, so that that's about as much as a ringing endorsement as, as you will get from me. Um, I think the biggest game of the weekend, though, is probably Spurs versus Liverpool, do you think? Spurs-Liverpool, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, past seasons, you know... I've, I've talked about fantasy footy. I've put Dawson in my fantasy footy every time Spurs have gone to play, uh, play Liverpool, and I have been, <laughs> I've regretted it because the past few times they've just completely turned them over, haven't they? It's like wasn't it five nil or six nil or something ridiculous? Yeah. Uh, the past few times, Spurs just seem to lose their heads when they play Liverpool, and will, will it still be the same under Pochettino? Um, a bit of a reunion there, isn't it? Yeah, there is, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. It's a Southampton alumni reunited. Um, yeah, it'd be an interesting game. That Again, it's one I find difficult to call. I think on current form, you'd be leaning, leaning towards Spurs. However, you know Liverpool do have that sort of hold over Spurs at the moment. So, again, uh, I, I, I think a draw might be on the cards there, really. Uh, score draw, perhaps 1-1. Liverpool have got to be looking to bounce back after that. You know, the setback kind of brought them back down to earth on Monday, didn't they, the, the City game. If they're going to be considered to be challengers, they've got to get a result here. Yeah, possible debut for Mario Balotelli as well on the cards. Yeah, so uh, no doubt all cameras will be aimed that way. Uh, again, and we're not just saying this, obviously, because we're Evertonians, but um, uh, the other big game of the weekend is, is Everton-Chelsea. Well, it is a big game, isn't it? Well, it Sat- is. It's two teams you'd expect to be up there challenging for the top six. And it's, well, it's, and it's Sky's Saturday night game, so they've obviously, obviously seen as it, as one to watch. And now even more so with you know the fact that not only did we take Chelsea's young starlet, who they didn't really fancy anymore, for £28 million, we've now... Took their old starlet who they didn't fancy anymore. Yeah, so you know that adds a little bit of spice to an already spicy fixture, which could could would already have been, you know, one to keep an eye on anyway. Uh, it's a it's a fixture that Everton have uh, historically struggled in. Uh, you know, Chelsea used to always come to Goodison, turn Everton over, score a load of worldies. Frank Lampard would score every single time he played Everton, um, but but that changed last season, obviously with. With Everton taking the three points at Goodison Park against Chelsea, uh, and, and obviously there's no more Frank Lampard. No more Frank Lampard, but they've got, um, as we mentioned earlier on, they've got a, a fella who could pop up with a, a goal or two, uh, Diego Costa. So he'll be one to watch. I think Costa then. Costa. 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 Diego Costa. Costa will be obviously one to watch. Um, tricky game. Tricky game for the Blues. I. Wouldn't be too disappointed if we managed to draw, uh, and then we could push on from the season with these, you know, the tricky fixtures out the way to the, to the other tricky fixtures. Um, I've got a sneaking feeling this could be an upset. I, I, I just you, think you mean Chelsea will beat us? Yeah, no, I actually think Everton have got a chance here because it's just one of those stories that you get every year that you see in the paper that's a head, headline writer's dream. Where the two players that Chelsea have let go come back to haunt them? I'd love it. I, 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 you know, I'd love it, and you know, it would be it would be a great story for the league. Um, it's a tough place to go to Goodison. The atmosphere will be will be up. And tough rocking. place for us to go to as well. Bloody getting there's a nightmare. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, should be a great game, uh, and and looking forward to it. Do we think? Uh, another one coming up. Uh, one to watch: Leicester versus Arsenal. Just because. 
Leicester have had a tricky start, you know, obviously Everton and Chelsea, and now they've got Arsenal as well. Arsenal will be reeling from the loss of uh, Giroud. Potentially could be out the Champions League you know, by the time they do play Leicester. That game's obviously tonight, tonight against Besiktas. Yeah, so, you know, that's going to be a big game for Arsenal, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, so will they, be, have a, will they have a striker in by then? They've been linked with Cavani today. Cavani, Danny Welbeck's been mentioned, possibly. Bill I know if I was an Arsenal fan, which one I'd rather have out of them two? I don't think I did them a particularly prolific, though. Well, I know which one I'd rather have, though. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one that looks like uh, extremely ugly. The one that looks like a, a, a pirate. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That was a nicer way of describing him, me saying he looks extremely ugly. Um, yeah, so, you know... Looking forward to a good set of fixtures at the weekend. Uh, quite an interesting week, really, just generally in football. By next week's podcast, uh, we'll have, you know, the draws will have been made for the Champions League, Europa League, League Cup. Just one, one little point there. One team who won't be in the draw for the Champions League, who shouldn't have been in the draw anyway. Celtic got knocked out last night. Yeah, nice little bit of justice going on there. I think last minute was it last minute goal from I uh, think Maddie it was, Ball, yeah. was it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, unlucky Celtic. Yeah, but the Europa, you know, Arsenal could be in the Europa. You know, yeah, it, it's gonna uh, it's gonna be interesting, and I think a lot of a lot of teams uh, seasons will be made a lot clearer by this weekend, and, and maybe sort of a lot of teams. Uh, sort of starting elevens in the Premier League might be a little bit clearer, depending on you know who they draw week in week out in the Champions League and the, and the League Cup coming up as well so obviously the, the you know Man U not in it West Ham already out not in it a number of other clubs might be out of it by the time you, you know by the time you listen uh, so teams like our own Everton teams like you know the likes of uh, Tottenham and uh, you know even t- teams around the middle the, the middle mid table will be looking to get a good run in the in the in the league cup as well. Well, Aston Villa don't concede anymore, so it's going to be difficult to knock them out of cup competitions. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So this time next week, we'll have a lot more to talk about, a lot of ties to talk about, and hopefully another blistering week of Premier League action. Blistering week of Premier. What does that even mean? <laughs> I've got no idea. Well, what are you going on about? Anyway, as we say, as we keep saying each week. Um, if you're a fan of another club, get in touch with the YNFA people over there. At you're not famous anymore, YNFA. Just search them on Facebook and get your views aired. Let us know if we've not mentioned your super sign this week just because we're too ignorant to uh, pay attention to every other club. Sorry about that. But, you know, if we... We it, try. We do try. We just... I'm watching so much football at the minute. It's ridiculous. I'm going to get divorced soon. <laughs> So you know your big money sign, which you might have missed. Let us know and uh, get your uh, your uh, uh, your views aired on here. That was hard to say. It was. It was hard to get out there. <laughs> yeah. So Mark, final words. Um, just I'm looking forward to the games at the weekend. Um, you know, we didn't really have a comedy moment last weekend, did we? After you know, after Ashley Young getting pooped in his mouth. I, th- uh, I think this week's podcast for us. Has been a comedy moment, a full comedy forty minutes. Yeah, not in a we're, <laughs> we're trying to create comedy way. Right, okay, yeah. <laughs> People laughing at us, not with us. You mean that's the one? That's the one, right? Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll have a a nice Everton victory to talk about next week. You never know, but we're not biased.